Welcome back to Puckcast with Statsman and AJ, Rotowire's Fantasy Hockey Show. Hello, friends. I'm up. I'm Paul Bruno in Toronto, Ontario, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My co-host, as always, is AJ Scholes, a great follow at AJ Scholes24, based in beautiful Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. That's very close to Rotowire headquarters over in Madison. Now, for our loyal listeners, we apologize that we couldn't get an, uh, a pod in on Tuesday, but we try to do one every week. So here we are on a Thursday, and uh, we will cover the same uh, topics that we usually do, delving into each team. But this week, we're going to do a little bit of a different slant. We'll get to that in a second. But AJ, how wrapped, wrapped up in the game to game for, fortunes of our favorite teams are you feeling as the season winds down? I mean, last night, the Maple Leafs lost a close one to the defending Stanley Cup champs in a, a playoff-style game. I've seen too many of those where the Leafs have come out on the short end, so I'm a little nervous that I'm seeing that again. And then you've got to be uptight about the Penguins' struggles to get a a lengthy streak and, and solidify their playoff spot. It's really in doubt at the moment. But even some of the top other top teams are struggling. We've got Boston splitting a back-to-back on the weekend against Detroit and then losing badly in Chicago. And I guess the, the fans in Chicago really roasted the Bruins fans, the Bruins players yelling out overrated, overrated in a, <laughs> in a stream of, uh, of uh, cheap uh, fun, I guess, uh, at the Bruins' expense. But the Bruins have the last laugh because they're still sitting at the top of the league. And then Tampa losing five in a row and seven of their last nine. I mean, have you got any advice for fans in advance of the playoffs, how they should be reacting to these situations? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm going to give Pittsburgh a pass, and I have not been uh, very friendly towards doing that for much of the season here. But uh, that that – Montreal game was a trap game. They've got two matchups coming up against the Rangers, uh, which is, you know, division foe. They're in a playoff battle. Uh, bad games are going to happen. That, that was unfortunate. But um, so I am going to, for once this season, give the Penguins a pass. Um, but, I mean, we are at that point in the season where every game, every game matters, you know. Uh, Tampa Bay, you know, almost certainly will – uh, you know, waltz into at least the third spot here. So if you're a fan of that team, you're maybe not too worried. Um, but if it continues another week of, of slumping and, and Florida gets some good games together, maybe maybe they push for that spot. So, um, you know, the obviously Boston, that's one I wouldn't worry about at all. You've only got 11 losses on the year. Like, it, it's almost better, right? Like, have them lose a game, take a night off, uh, if you will, and, and then power back and – you know, over in the West, obviously Colorado defending champs, but they've been chasing it a little bit this year, sitting third in the Central. Um, you know, you've got Vegas surging, L.A. Uh, as well. And so, yeah, every game matters. It's hard to feel feel confident for, you know, even most teams right now. If you're Vegas, you'd much rather face, you know, say, say Winnipeg right now than drop to second and have to go up against Edmonton. At least that's how I would feel if I was a fan. So every game matters. So it's going to be tight. It's going to be uh, heart wrenching for us fans for a little while here. Yeah, I agree with you, AJ. I mean, fans in Boston have to be very pleased with the season that the team is having chasing all time records in terms of season points. And uh, actually they get, giving up a couple of them last week makes that chase a little bit harder, but they're, they're chasing history in the regular season. And I mean, 
can they be one of those teams that turns it back on? I mean, look what happened to Tampa a few years ago. They went up against Columbus after leading the league in, in point, the points race, and they got swept in four games. So the Bruins know that, that that happened recently, and they want to guard against that for sure. And I certainly think they have all the ammo to do so. But uh, any team that gets hot in the wild card hunt and goes in on a roll might be a little bit of a tiger-by-the-tail situation, if you will. So Boston still has to be wary. This is the toughest trophy to win, AJ. Four rounds of playoff action. You have to win before you get the cup. And it's it's a dogfight because you're dealing with eight very solid teams on each side of the, the bracket. Uh, no matter how you slice it, there's some really good teams out there. And, I mean, Tampa, uh, is anybody really worried about the fact that they've lost five of their uh, – they've only won two games in regulation in their last ten or two or three anyway. Uh, I don't think anybody's worried about that team showing up for the postseason. And then closer to home in Toronto, I mean, AJ, you have to live here to experience it or really be a diehard fan. Every time this team loses, there's uh, almost they're almost ready to be a public inquiry or a lynching, depending on who they lose. To. They lost so many games against poor teams. Last night, they lost a shootout against Colorado. People are saying, ah, the Leafs always come out on the short end of these playoff-type struggles. It's, it's symptomatic of this club's struggles in the playoffs in the first round. And uh, I just can't wait to get there, but... Before we do, I mean, we can look at the fantasy side of the sport. Again, I'll remind our listeners that uh, we're past the trade deadline, but there's still ample opportunity to improve your club with people, uh, players that are in the free agent pools of your respective leagues. I use mine as a template for today's show, AJ. I'm in the championships league, chip league, chip league for something that's put up by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association. And I'm representing, carrying the flag with some some good results here for Rotowire, I'm proud to say. And uh, I'm going to make the playoffs and one of the top teams in that. And I have a chance to really have a good chance to win because I've been picking away at the free agent rosters that are available still uh, in my league. And I thought with that said, let's try and highlight some of the players that are still possible value plays down the stretch based on what they've done in the last month and might even be helpful in dynasty leagues looking forward to next year. Uh, we will include uh, percentage ownership for, for your reference, based on the fantasy league, fantasy leagues that I play in, in the Yahoo side. But, I mean, every every fantasy league has a free agent pool, and maybe some of those, these players that we'll talk about are, are available in yours. So uh, it, it, this is a special show for me, AJ, because it's, it's one that can help you set up for the rest of the season and next year. So without further ado, why don't we get dive in uh, highlighting at least one member from each of the 32 clubs that may have value down the stretch or going forward into next year. I'll let you lead off with the, uh, your look at the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, absolutely. So the the player that, uh, you know, we kind of identified here, Cam Fowler, blue line option, uh, not, a, not a ton of goals, obviously, over over the recent stretch. Uh, in fact, he has, he's gone 13 games without a goal, but the assists have been there, 14 assists, and is uh, over that 13-game stretch. Uh Shot total could be a little bit higher, but as long as you're producing at a decent level, it would be hard to argue against Fowler being in your team. Obviously, 20% owned is is pretty high. So, um, you know, there, there's going to be uh, leagues out there where he's not available, but you're talking uh, plenty of power play minutes, although only two, uh, you know, Anaheim has some issues with their power play. So only two of those 14 assists came with the man advantage, but he's still getting the minutes there. Uh, and I think should be definitely under consideration for pickup in in your league if you're if he's available. 
You know what? I echo that sentiment. I have a lot of time for Cam Fowler. He rates as one of the top power play options that they have there. Uh, he's managed to stay healthy uh, most of the time, and so that's a plus looking forward. If you want to gr- look at, at ahead to next year, uh, the young bucks around that team up front are getting a year older and a little more experienced. That's going to be a dynamic power play for a long time. So the power play assignment that he has as the quarterback there gets more valuable with that aspect as well. In terms of uh, the next player that I want to highlight is a player on the Arizona club. They've had a tough year, another non-playoff situation evading them. But Yusuf Balamaki is a guy that's only 11% owned, AJ. He's picked up eight assists in the last 13 games, three of them on the power play. He's a guy that factors into the top six here and uh, is, is on a hot streak right now. So that's something you want to consider when you're trying to bolster your team in the near term and look at a situation that he has, his top six minutes there with, again, a few players that are blossoming young in their career like Lawson Krauss and Clayton Keller. Keller, for his part, eight goals and 13 assists in that same stretch. Neither one of these guys has owned very highly in, in the league that I'm in. So uh, they should be in, in consideration for uh, people that are competing against me or even myself uh, looking Looking ahead, Clayton Keller is a building block for this club and should be a consideration for Dynasty Leagues going forward. Over in Boston, we've identified Dmitry Orlov, who, in, again, in Yahoo League, 68% owned. He is uh, owned on a team in, in my league, so uh, I would I would imagine most leagues. But still, for a guy at his production level, uh, a little surprising to see that ownership not higher. I would credit that probably to the fact that he started the season on Washington. Maybe people don't want to necessarily make a move for him right now, but 11 points in nine games with Boston, three of those coming with a man advantage. He's really stepped into that first line power play quarterback, uh, you know, responsibility in Boston. So I'm I'm not surprised that it's at 68%, uh, but I do think it should be higher. Uh, If you happen to be in a league where he's a free agent, uh, definitely consider that, like I said, 68% for a top power play quarterback who's been producing pretty well with his new team feels pretty low to me. And uh, the same can be said for Dylan Cousins of the Buffalo Sabres. We've talked often about how he fits in as a top six forward, AJ, and and has been part of a very dynamic offense here. Consider he's got nine goals and four helpers in the last month, averaging better than three shots on goal per game. Going forward, he looks to be a centerpiece for that offense, and yet he's only owned in 60%, 64% of pools. If he's available in yours and you need offense, this is one guy I would certainly consider. And He's young enough and locked into the Buffalo situation for an extension that he signed earlier this season that should be a strong consideration in Dynasty League play. He's proven himself very early on in his career to me, and I think the best is yet to come for uh, the Buffalo forward here. Well, in Carolina, we do have to talk quite quickly here about Andrei Svechnikov will be uh, done for the remainder of the season and postseason after undergoing, uh, supposed to have knee surgery today. In fact, they've obviously moved him to long-term IR as a result. Um, So, yeah, they uh, losing Svechnikov for the rest of the year, that's a huge blow for Carolina, especially where they are in terms of, uh, you know, you know, the rankings and and looking at making a deep run here. One player in my league who I found that was a free agent on uh, in my league with relatively low ownership was Tuvo Teravainen, just uh, 56% owned over on Yahoo. 
some of that could be, you know, you look recent performance. He's been a bit streaky this year. Just one assist in his last five games. There's multiple stretches this season where he's encountered that. But overall, you look at the numbers here, and they're really pretty good. Uh, 33 points in 56 games. And you have to imagine he's going to take on a bigger role with Svechnikov's sideline. And so that should open up more opportunities for him to play with better players, uh, more complimentary players on this team. So I think Svechnikov, definitely a player I'll consider maybe picking up this week. And in Calgary, you know what? Don't be afraid to use a guy like uh, a third-line player sometimes when you see the production that you're getting out of Michael Backlund. He's a third-line center here, but the, the the forward ranks are kind of interchangeable in Calgary. they got depth down the middle in the top three slots at center. So in his last 14 games, for instance, you can look at a guy who's got 11 points, five of those coming on the power play, and the shot rate is really what's attractive to me, AJ. He's better than three, almost four shots on goal per game in that dynamic. Uh, production that he's showing of late so he's a guy that I'm looking at down the stretch and I mean if you're looking at a uh, player that you might want to stash who's injured right now it's a personal situation with Oliver Shillington not really much known about that but if you got opportunity to stash one or two or three players this is a guy I might look at heading into next season in a, in a dynasty league situation because he's proven to me that he's got an offensive upside to his game played on the power play in Calgary last last season and I think he'd be a candidate to do that again if he gets gets over the issues that he's dealing with right now so that's a bit of a flyer but Backlund certainly full value for what he's doing now can help you, your team going forward similar to Dimitri Orlov Chicago's Seth Jones comes in at uh, 68% or I'm sorry 63% ownership again the numbers uh, last couple of games have been down but especially if you're in a format that uses hits and blocks this is a defenseman, I think, that's worth targeting here. 106 blocks this season, 91 hits should easily get over 100 in that category as well. So there's a good spot to target there. He does get plenty of opportunities with the man advantage, looking at 329. Uh, if you're in more of a dynasty format, you could consider looking at Caleb Jones. 1% ownership in Yahoo League, so could be available in a lot of spots. Not a lot of production this year, but he's getting decent power play minutes with the second unit in Chicago. You have to imagine that they're potentially grooming him for a bigger role long term. So really, either of the Jones brothers, uh, a, a good pickup out of Chicago. And late in the season, again, sometimes you're looking toward next year and uh, looking at Columbus. There's not uh, not going to be a playoff series for this team going forward. So maybe not hard to find some value for this season, but what about looking at a guy who's on their IR right now? Zach Wierenski figured to be their power play quarterback, but he was lost to injury and out for the season deemed a long time ago. I'm looking at the fact that a lot of fantasy owners would have bailed on a guy like this uh, because they need their slots for players this year. But if you can grab him and kind of hold on to him over this uh, the summer, uh, he could be a building block as a scoring defenseman and a power play quarterback. Those are the uh, good ones are not a dime a dozen. So here's here's a guy that factors in in that role. But if you're looking for somebody on this roster who can help you right now, what about Boone Jenner, AJ? 36% ownership for a guy who is a top six center on this club. Five goals and four helpers most recently. The shot on goal rate very much tells the story for me. He generates a lot of offense. 42 shots on goal, about three per game. 
Also, the physical side of the game, if your league ha- values hits and block shots, this guy factors in, in those categories too. So we should mention the fact that, that he has value across those and uh, could be attractive in that way if, if your leagues value that stat, the guy that's rolling right now in Columbus. For Colorado, when we were talking about the show off earlier in the week, we looked at Arturi Lekkanen ownership uh, percentage at 68%, but with the news that he's going to miss four to six weeks after undergoing finger surgery, you're essentially losing him for the rest of your season. Uh, obviously, in a keeper league or a dynasty league, this is a different discussion. Already on Yahoo, that rostered percentage has dropped to 47%. So instead, take a look at a guy like Samuel Garrard, just 28%, pretty low here. He gets decent power play opportunities, obviously not the same as Kale McCarr uh, being with the second unit here, but the numbers remain solid for him on the season. You look last seven games, one goal, five assists, two of those helpers coming with the man advantage here. So a 28% roster percentage for Sam Garrett, I think a player worth targeting. In Dallas, they have an issue with a couple of guys being out short-term in the case of Tyler Sagan and maybe a little longer in the case of Mason Marchman. But that opens up second-line opportunities for a couple of guys who have been moved up and down between second, third, and even fourth-line situations. I'm talking about Evgeny Dodonov and Wyatt Johnson. They're now expecting to play second-line minutes with Jamie Benn. So it really behooves you to keep an eye on the the work that A.J. and our our other brothers and sisters at Rotowire headquarters look after when they're doing the daily lineups here. And we showed that Donoff and Wyatt Johnson in second line roles for one of the top teams in the Western Conference. So that really is something you got to address if you have a short-term need. If you're looking at a more long-term situation, look at what Max Domi has done here, AJ. He's 55% owned, largely because he toiled most of the season with Chicago. But in his last 14 games played, five goals, 12 helpers, 42 shots on goal. To me, he's been a solid citizen in both stops this year and showed me that he could be a top six player in the right circumstance. I think he's going to be looking for uh, an ex- a new contract in the offseason with a contending club. So it's a, he's a guy that I would be looking at to bring character to the dressing room and uh, high energy on the ice. And uh, he has clearly showed to me that he has still got the scoring touch uh, that didn't get handed down from his father, I'll say. <laughs> Another uh, short-term fix, I think, would possibly be David Perron. Say, you know, if you had Lekkanen, you're looking for some forward help here. Perron, 46% roster percentage here. Very streaky, and that's why I wouldn't suggest, you know, if you're – is not a tweak for a team where you're in a good spot, but if you've lost a player recently to a long-term injury, worth considering here. Just one goal in his last five games, uh, but did have two assists over that stretch. Decent number of shots early on in this slump, but just one shot apiece in his last two games. So as I said, pretty streaky, not totally sold that he would be a solid addition to every team. But again, if you're looking to fill out some depth aspect of your roster due to an injury, uh, I think Perron might be somebody who can help fill that gap. In Edmonton, AJ, the fans have been lamenting the fact that the club spent $5 million for five years on Jack Campbell. And he's been an absolute bust for them. Lucky for for this Oiler club, though, that Stuart Skinner, a local product in uh, in Alberta, 
came for, stepped forward and has taken over the goaltending situation there. He's got a goals against average sub three per game, which is about a half puck better than Campbell. And uh, certainly doesn't cost as much on that roster. And uh, I think he's a guy that they could build their future around at the goaltending position. But his status would maybe be more of somebody that you're looking at for next year. And I'm saying, suggesting that because his ownership is low based on the stats that he's produced so far this season. Only 66% is, is not terrible, but it should be higher for a, a guy who plays behind McDavid and Dreisaitl and company on offense. I think job number one is for them to boost their defensive core uh, and, and provide some more insulation for a guy like Skinner. And so that's why I think he might be a future stash for a dynasty league situation with the proviso that I'm expecting Edmonton to upgrade their defense and make his situation a lot more attractive going into next season. Well, for Florida, they've got a youngster in uh, Itu uh, Lustarinen, uh, who I think could offer some pretty good value here. He is just 7% owned on Yahoo, and that is bolstered uh, by, or you get some added value out of that by the fact that at least on Yahoo, he's both center and wing eligible. So I think that helps his cause even more for bringing him in. 16 goals on the year, 20 assists. Getting, you know, the power play numbers are pretty limited, but as of late, he's been filling a first line role, playing alongside Alexander Barkov and Anthony Duclair. I think this is a young up and comer, definitely somebody. I bet if you looked at just Dynasty Leagues, you would see that roster percentage significantly higher Um, but for redraft formats I think he makes a lot of sense right now getting a big assignment offering good value and again the fact that he's dual eligible at forward in LA this team has survived more on offense than the defensive structure and one of the contributors has been Victor Arvidsson AJ and he's only 24 percent owned for a guy who's been a top six player for this club on the season and his performance of late mirrors what he's done on the season is 10 points in his last 14 games played four of them on the power play. So it clearly gets exposure to the man advantage situation. He's a shooter and he's producing more than two and a half shots on goal per game, but he's also involved physically with 25 hits in that stretch. 65%, sorry, 24% of the ownership on him. I want to mention Junus Corpusalo since moving over to LA has really uh, helped this club structurally giving them better goaltending than they received from their, uh, the guy that was shipped out uh, in his stead. We'll talk about him later. And uh, Corpus Allo's picked up five wins in the last month with that ownership. And I think his situation is only going to improve because I expect this team to be better defensively than they are right now. So he's a player who can help you down the stretch right now because it's one of the top teams in the West. But I think it's a goalie stash that is worth considering because he's entering the prime of his career in his late 20s and figures to be part of a good situation in L.A. as they've created a pretty good rebuild on the fly over here in in California. Let's see, Paul, you're on Team Negreanu from our Twitter battle here. That If you think Corpus Allo was an upgrade in the Nets, I still think that was not the case. But, uh, you know, we <laughs> laid it out on Twitter, both at our, our arguments there. I, I maintain quick uh, the better netminder between the two. But all that to say, in Minnesota, um, one player that you could consider targeting is Ryan Hartman here. Uh, 37% uh, on the roster percentage there for him. Numbers really solid. 13 points in his last 13 games. Three uh, power play points as well. Even a shorthanded goal in there for Hartman. Uh, and again, another player, 
you're kind of get a boost here, both center and wing eligible on Yahoo makes them that much more attractive, um, gives you more flexibility when trying to get players into the lineup. So I really like Ryan Hartman as an addition here at 37% roster percentage. Yeah, I'm going to add Jared Spurgeon to that discussion, too. I've got him on my team, and I'm surprised he's only 52% owned for a guy who's a power play quarterback on a team that has a pretty dynamic offense. And this guy is their captain and uh, plays lots and lots of minutes. So on a team that's better than average, I think he makes a lot of sense, particularly not only for his offense, but 50 block shots. It's, it's a nice number. 28 shots on goal and 15 hits in the last month. So you can see he's a contributor across the board in the advanced stats categories as well. In Montreal, the search is a little more difficult to find value that will help you down the stretch. But maybe you consider a guy like Mike Matheson on the blue line. He's got four goals and six salpers in the last month. 35 shots on goal, 30 blocks. So again, in those advanced stats categories, uh, 32% is the ownership there as for a guy who factors in as a top scoring option on this blue line going forward. And Jonathan Drouin, I mean, for those of us who are wondering, when is this guy going to put together a streak? Well, he's doing it right now. A goal and 10 helpers uh, playing the best hockey that I've seen out of him in the last couple of years, I'll say. Getting ample opportunity and ice time to strut his stuff. If you're looking for desperately for some offense, he might be a low-end option to consider. Very low ownership there. And he needs probably to get out of Montreal, to be honest, AJ. So depending on where he lands next year, might be an interesting low-end and low-cost option if you're considering a late-round pick or a stash at the moment. Another player for New Jersey um, that I would classify as as streaky here that would be more of a, a temporary fix would be Andre Palat comes in uh, at just 21%. And obviously, you know, I mentioned the streaky chunks. He's got, uh, you know, end of February, had six games without a point, currently on a four-game uh, slump as well, missed a good chunk in the middle of the season due to injury. So there's plenty of concerns here. But when he's on, this is a player capable – of producing at a, at a relatively high level. You've got multiple seasons of 40-plus points. Again, he's been hampered by injuries, just 35 games this season, and so he's only at 19 points this year. Um, if you are perhaps in a position where you're in a dynasty league, um, you're not going to win this year, you may want to consider seeing if Palat's available. Stash him away um, for the for the future because I think he'll get back to being you know, a 15 to 20-goal scorer, 40 to 50 points, really good addition to your team. And like I said, that uh, roster percentage really low right now uh, in the in the 20s. And look, in a Nashville situation, uh, recency bias might be a factor here, but I'm shocked that Thomas Novak's only 6% owned, AJ, considering he has eight goals and eight helpers in his last month on the season. Listen to this, 34 games played, 28 points. That's Four points every five games, and quick math tells me that's a 60-point-plus scoring rate on a, a season-long basis. So if you bet on what he's done now and say, can he do it over a full season, why not take a flyer on a guy for in your dynasty leagues but also a fellow who can help you right now? And then as a B option on the power play, you got to be considering the t- – Tyson Berry, he's loving life in, in uh, Nashville by all accounts. Uh, Low-pressure low environment for him. He is 73% owned, but maybe the second option, obviously the second option behind Roman Yossi, but they don't have much else in terms of offense from the blue line. So Barry can expect to get offensive zone starts 
uh, by the ton over here in the in the near term could be an interesting low uh, low risk play to add uh, structure and point totals to your to your team down the stretch. Well, for the Islanders, Anders Lee comes in fifty nine percent, so a little over half. You know, two thirds. Um, again, can be at periods pretty streaky, but also has been known to put uh, heavy you know heavy shot volumes. Just looking at since about mid February, three games in which he's put six uh, shots on goal. So he's definitely getting pucks to the net. And the fact is he's on a first line uh, with Bo Horvat. Uh, the kind of right winger has been changing up a little bit. It's Hudson fashing right now. Uh, but he's a top six guy. He's going to be a power play guy for them. And I think Anders Lee uh, probably should be a little bit higher than uh, 59% right now. And with the New York Rangers, you would figure that one of the top teams, it'd be hard to find value, but there are a couple of guys who stand out for me. One is Philip Heedle. He's been logging a lot of third-line minutes, but when you consider the point scoring, 37 and 59 games, that's, that boils down to better than 50-point pace going forward, and I expect him to blossom uh, with the club. Uh, they've been, uh, they're another club that's conducted a very nice rebuild on the fly, and I can see him because of becoming a a top six option threatening Vinny Trocek for the second line center role looking ahead to next year. Uh, so a pretty good stash candidate uh, growing along with this team. And how about on the blue line, Keandre Miller, another guy who is a, a stat sheet filler. He's got 32 points in 64 games, so better than a 40 game pace on the season. And of late, uh, he is a guy that's also filling in the stat sheet across the board, not only with shots on goal, but Better than a hundred, well over a hundred hits already, and he's going to probably wind up the season with over a hundred block shots. There's not many defenders that can say that, so an extra bit of value for a guy who's only thirty-eight percent owned in Yahoo leagues at the moment. Well, we do have to touch on the goalies at some point here. Um, there's not too many that are going to be available in a lot of leagues. You're, you know, looking at mine right now, you've got Stalock, uh, Kakonen, uh, Reimer, Anderson. But one guy who is getting pretty consistent starts is Mad Sogard. Uh, 13% is the roster percentage over there on Yahoo. Uh, pretty rough go of it of late. Uh, 1, 3, and 0, oh, 4, 5, 2 is the goals against average. So the numbers aren't great, uh, but he does have a decent team around him. If he can step up uh, a little bit here, should see some improvement with Cam Talbot's sideline. You're going to see Sogard uh, a chunk here. Uh, you know, three weeks was the expected timeline for Talbot. So that's through the end of the month. So maybe if you, especially if you had Cam Talbot, I think Matt Sogard would make a lot of sense. Um, or if you had somebody else who picked up an injury or is, or is really just struggling. Uh, but in the right situation, maybe you pick up Sogard as a short-term fix and hope he can kind of find something and, and improve his numbers compared to his last four. In Philadelphia, it's been a real rough ride for the Flyers, and they're in a very tough division. But they've had to navigate the season without two of their signature forwards, Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson, both lost for the most of the season. And uh, one or both should be eligible to return to the club and play a top six minutes back uh, when they come back in the fall. So, again, a lot LTIR uh, slots in your pool in your pool and your teams can be something you could use to fill with one or both of these guys in their absence though a couple of youngsters have taken advantage to cut their teeth offensively and they've shown me enough to be considerations to lock up going forward consider Owen Tippett 11% ownership very low 
but he's a guy that is going to be a centerpiece on this offense, and he's taken advantage to produce six points over the last month. 51 shots on goal tells me he's a volume shooter, and that has value in DFS as well as season long. So consideration there. Also, I got some time for Morgan Frost as well, who's had a pretty nice season in terms of the opportunity that's been afforded him. He's scoring at just a shade under 40 points season to date and uh, figures to build on that. He's only a youngster at 23 years of age, former first rounder. So I'm counting on the fact that the veteran returning next year will only enhance the productivity of both these players. So LTIR consideration and betting on the youngsters to fit in to a a better team next year is the other part of the equation. So, AJ, with that said, we usually take a break at this point to ramp you up for the talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins, and uh, we'll do that. Let's take a pause to give our sponsors some airtime. We'll be back with some more news and notes from around the league. You're listening to RotoWire's podcast with Statsman and AJ. We'll be back right after these messages. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. back and a reminder you're listening to paul bruno and aj Scholes talking hockey we're both huge fans of the sport and we've been at this for several years and uh, really enjoy bringing you the best of the fantasy sports uh, impact of the in the nhl and helping you with your teams through the course of the season uh aj why don't you give our fans a week the weekly reminder that we usually throw out to advise them about how we can help them with whatever their plans are for the rest of this season and looking ahead to next. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course, if you uh, want to interact with us on, on Twitter, uh, ask us questions about your team, tell us where we're horribly wrong on all of our takes, which our friend Daniel Negreanu uh, loves to do. And we appreciate that as always. Um, so feel free to reach out to us. You can follow me at AJ Scholes 24 you can follow Paul at Statsman22. And, of course, if you want to try out Rotowire, um, you can get a 48-hour trial by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D. 
All right, partner, it's up to you to tell me what's good in Pittsburgh that can help fantasy players the latter part of this season and looking ahead to next. I'm going to go off the board on this one, and I'm going to look at Alexander Nylander. Comes in uh, roster percentage of zero, in fact, on Yahoo. So he pretty much should be a free agent. I'm I'm showing one ad in the last week. Um, But he's in a second-line role right now for the Penguins, playing alongside uh, Malkin there and Jason Zucker. I think it's a really good spot for him to be in. He's played in four games here in March. Uh, just one assist so far, but six shots in those four games. Has dished out uh, nine hits, three blocks. And sometimes you see these guys called up, and even if they're in the second-line role, they're playing, you know, eight, seven, eight minutes, something like that. He's been playing about 14 minutes a night uh, over over the course of, of these four games. So it's early days, but you have to consider uh, Nick Benino is going to be out for a, a you know, he's week to week. We ex- I expect him to be out for a little bit. Uh, and Nylander getting the second line assignment over Ricard Raquel. That could obviously change at some point. Um, but I think if you're, you know, looking for something to just kind of boost uh, things and, and hope to take a long shot pick, I think Nylander worth consideration. You know what? I'm going to take a minute to add a couple of names that I think could help teams down the stretch this year. I uncovered Jeff Petrie, 60% ownership for a guy who's been a scoring defenseman throughout his whole career, getting a good run behind Chris Letang uh, this season, two goals and eight helpers in the past month. But I like the uh, advanced stats that he's also piling up 35 shots, 50 hits and 20 blocks uh, easily going to make the hundred hit plateau uh, this season. The block total also there. And how about Rickard Raquel? You mentioned he's been playing top six minutes for much of the season, maybe battling for to hold onto that role, but how can you uh, not, Look at what he's done lately, too. Five goals and eight helpers in the past month, 42 shots on goal, and a whopping 31 hits. From That was surprised me for Raquel. I didn't expect that to be such a high number for him. So a couple of guys that can help you now, and uh, Nylander, a future look on the Pittsburgh Penguins. I take us into a talk on Seattle, AJ, looking at the goalies. We haven't mentioned them too much, but over the past month, Philip Grubauer is second in the league in terms of registering wins with a total of seven. He's only 37% owned in Yahoo leagues. This is a team that's still hopeful of a playoff position situation. And then up front, Jared McCann, a guy that both of us have have a lot of time for, filling the offensive stats with nine goals and seven helpers. He's 66% old. I don't know what the other 34 are waiting on, quite frankly, for a guy who's also got a prolific shots on goal rate with 46. And then right behind him, Jordan Eberle, another guy who I have a lot of time for, one of the more heady players, hockey IQ, spilling out both ear holes of his helmet. Five goals, nine helpers for this guy. And just he's a plug-and-play player, 35 shots on goal, better than two per game. There's got to be some players, uh, fantasy players out there who could use what he's doing of late uh, based on the 77% that aren't showing him as owners in their leagues in Yahoo. Well, I was frankly uh, a little bit uh, mind-boggled at this next one here. Alexander Barabanov, 14 goals, 31 assists in 63 games. Yes, he plays for the Sharks, um, but he's got over 100 shots, 13 power play minutes, or 13 power play points, rather. Um, not a lot of hits, not a lot of physicality there, but 4% rostered on Yahoo. Um, pretty surprised by that one. Uh, number one power play, second uh, line, really just putting up solid numbers. Now, 
you know, maybe your league's a little thinner, maybe you're not quite as deep. So I could see him being a little bit further down the list. uh, If you're kind of a limited opportunity or limited number of wingers you can use, but honestly, 4% just felt astronomically low. I had to double check it today, Paul. I just, I I know we had it on there and (laughs) I I believed it, but I had to double check 4% just felt incredulously low uh, for, for Barabanov. And uh, right in that same vein, AJ, when I look at St. Louis, I find Colton Pareko only 10% owned. The, the hulking blue liner has some offense to his game, two goals and three helpers in his last 15, probably a little bit lower than the rate that you want up front of a blue liner. But I'm looking at his opportunity going forward. He's got to deal with the fact that they have two other offensive-minded defensemen in tow but they're both older than him. And so that's the attraction for me to get the younger of this trio looking ahead and saying, can he be a guy that gets more minutes on the blue line ahead of the likes of Justin Falk and Tori Krug? I say, absolutely. And so that's why I think maybe he's a future stash candidate, also a stats fill, stat sheet filler when you consider he's a big physical specimen. It will help you out not only in the scoring points, but in the hits and block shots. He has 32 blocks in the last month. So that's uh, one of the highest totals in the last 30 days for any blue liner. Over in Tampa, the player uh, I think most uh, interesting on, on this kind of list that we've developed here is Alex Kaloran comes in at 41% here. Numbers of late have been really good. Six goals, three assists in his last eight games, 23 shots, three power play points, nine hits. Uh, there's just not a lot to be uh, concerned about here for Kaloran. Yeah, you know, Tampa may be struggling a little bit than they have uh, recently, but this is still a top team. Uh, and I, I think Kaloran, you know, sometimes bounces between second and third line roles here, uh, sometimes bounces between whether or not he's on the power play. But overall, I think Kaloran's numbers speak for themselves and 41 uh, percent means he should be available in more than half of the leagues out there. And, A.J., when it comes to Maple Leafs, the headliner on my list is uh, a guy that just was voted the Big Ten Player of the Year for the second straight season out of the University of Minnesota. I'm talking, of course, about the Maple Leafs. Matthew Nyes, an outstanding college prospect, 21 goals, 19 helpers, 35 games played, headed to the Final Four. This guy's playing with two of the other uh, already drafted uh, top prospects that are out there that should make the league next year, I would think. But notwithstanding that fact, this guy's tw- two years running now, Big Ten Player of the Year. Consider six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds, only twenty one years old. He's a runaway train, uh, according to a lot of pundits that have been watching this guy. And I think one of the reasons the Leafs have been going with eleven forwards and seven defensemen is also to leave a space for this guy when he makes the jump to the NHL, and it could be as as quick as the next sometime in the next couple of weeks when the Final Four is done. Uh, the Leafs will probably sign him right away, and they may give him a, a little bit of runway uh, later this season, and who knows, might maybe into the playoffs, but certainly a great stash candidate looking forward. In terms of players that are currently on the roster, how about Jake McCabe? A top four D-man, the guy's on a 30-point scoring pace on the season, filling up the stat sheet with a plus 100 hits, plus 100 blocks already. Not many defensemen make that those totals in combination. So uh, that's his attraction right now, very low ownership. And Michael Bunting, a guy who's uh, running, sh- riding shotgun with the top six, fo- among the top six forwards here, 
and on the power play. 63% ownership is fairly significant, but I'm wondering what the 37% are waiting on, considering the people that this guy gets to play with and the fact that he's scoring at between a 50 and 60-point scoring pace. He should be snapped up in all leagues as far as I'm concerned. You can't tell me that there's no room for a guy like Hunting considering the situation he plays on. Well, in Vancouver, I think uh, Brock Besser would make a lot of sense for a lot of teams. 41% rostered on Yahoo there. And on pace for uh, 64 points, that would be a career high for him. Has hit 50 twice in his career um, and has hit 40, uh, actually has hit 45 in all six uh, full seasons that he's had in Vancouver. This is a solid winger, gets power play minutes, plenty of shots. Again, not very physical, uh, just 35 hits, just 26 blocks in, in 58 games this year, but uh, a scoring a scoring option here. Uh, the only thing I would say is if you're in a league that utilizes plus minus, maybe not your goal. He's a minus 20 on the year. Uh, again, I don't love plus minus as a stat unless it tells us something egregious like that. Um, so the fact is, you know, he's uh, maybe not the best for certain formats, but overall, I think Kaloran, or I'm sorry, Brock Besser would be a really solid option here. And I've got to mention Chandler Stevenson off the top. He's the only guy who leads his team in scoring that is not owned as much as he should be in fantasy. And and 53 points in 68 games, that's better than a 60-point scoring pace. Makes no sense to me. Of course, he's not available in my league. Otherwise, I would have drafted him by now. But uh, really unique to see a top-scoring player not wholly owned in, in uh, fantasy play, particularly as he plays on one of the NHL's top teams. And let's talk about Jonathan Quick, AJ. I'll certainly look for your opinion here to interject anytime you want, but he's picked up six wins in the past month, along with one shutout, only 65% on. His situation is, is still a good one in Vegas. He's going to be their goal to goalie the rest of the season, obviously, and into the playoffs. So uh, strong value there in terms of what's left of this year for sure. And then one more player here that I want to mention, Ivan Barbashev, uh, acquired from St. Louis, 35% ownership, playing top six minutes here, three goals and eight helpers in his last month, 27 shots on goal, 43 hits and 12 blocks, filling the stat sheet, yet such a low ownership for this guy, playing on a very good team and a very good situation. Well, over in Washington, a couple of players to consider You've got Rasmus Sandin, who is taking on a, a bigger role there in Washington than perhaps he had uh, in, in Toronto. So I think you should see his uh, you know, percentage here going up. It sits at about 58% right now. It was only at 54 when we started talking about this show, and I'm guessing when he was on Toronto, it was even lower than that. So it's going to keep creeping up, and rightfully so. Another player a bit surprising how far down he is here. TJ Oshie comes in uh, right about uh, 40% right now, uh, was, again, 36. So I think Washington's been playing a little bit better, so those percentages are going up. But Oshie has been a key part of that. Seven goals, six assists in the last 10 games, 19 shots on goal, four power play goals over that stretch. So if you have a bonus, some leagues bigger than others, but if you have a bonus for power play goals, uh, definitely somebody to consider when you uh, factor in how many goals he's been scoring with the man advantage. And I'll uh, throw in the one other player that I identified there is Tom Wilson, AJ. 
perhaps the most feared fighter in the in the league still. 42% ownership. This guy can play. Uh, Ryan Reeves is still in the league. Let's not forget him. I said one of. I didn't say he. <laughs> I said one of. But listen, 42% ownership for a guy who does has the ability to, to put the puck in that six goals and two helpers in the last month, 24 shots on goal and 34 hits. We know he plays a physical game. Top six guy with, with uh, good uh, good skills to make room for line mates here. A lot of value in that, that player for sure. We wind up our look at the league as, as we do on a weekly basis with Winnipeg. And look, at I'll mention the name Nino Niederreiter, and people are going to say, yeah, the guy's bounced around a little bit. I'm not sure what to make of him. But I, I still think that there's a lot of value here, 32% ownership for a guy who's produced eight goals and three helpers in the last month playing right wing on the top line here. So uh, look at 30 shots on goal, 26 hits in the last 13 games. He fits the mold of what they're trying to – Keep building here in 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 uh, Washington. Uh, big physical player with offensive skills. You know how much I like that that type of player. And if he was available in my league, he'd have been on my roster by now. So AJ, that's a look at uh, the 32 teams. A bit of a different slant this week, where we tried to find value going forward this year and into next season. We hope that a lot of our listeners take advantage of that. So. I think now we've got to take a look at the, the DFS uh, portion of our show and determine how our lineups shake out. We touched on this theme this morning on our appearance on DraftKings, so I kind of tipped my hand. But uh, I'm curious to know what you did with your DraftKings lineup. Yeah, so for me, uh, you know, I think a lot of people will be on this, but it's hard not to just bank on uh, the Panthers a decent amount today. Uh, and so you got to consider – all options there. And for me, that starts with Alexander Barkov comes in at 6,900. This power play has been uh, top five in the month of March, while the PK in Montreal has been abysmal, uh, worst in the league. So I think you consider kind of stacking uh, some Florida Panthers for that part as well. I'm going to pair him up with Sidney Crosby. I'm spending up at the center position. Crosby uh, is just one point away from uh, officially uh, recording his 17th consecutive, uh, I'm sorry, it would be 18th consecutive uh, uh, point per game season. So uh, that should come in, in the next couple of days here. Uh, you know, 82 points will guarantee he gets to that mark. And so uh, just a really consistent quality player. And I think they can play uh, the, the Rangers really tight tonight. I go on the wing, I go with Sam Reinhart, 6,100 for Florida. Again, all the same reasons that I highlighted that before. I'm also going to go with Jared McCann for Seattle, 5,800. San Jose has been giving up a ton of goals of late. McCann has been the leading goal scorer this month uh, for Seattle, so I think a good opportunity there. My next winger is admittedly a complete and utter punt, uh, just trying to save some money. So I went with Ryan Lomberg for uh, for the Florida Panthers plays in a third line role. It's possible that he could uh, pick something up. He's not on either of the power play units. He does play with Sam Reinhardt five on five. Um, so it is a bit of a stack there, but at 2,500, I'm just hoping that Florida has a big night and, you know, everybody uh, happens to, to get on the score sheet here uh, for defensemen. I'm going to go again, back to Florida with Brandon Montour, 6,300. He's that top power play quarterback for them. No reason not to try and get him in your lineup tonight. And then I'm going to go with Sammy Garrard for Colorado. Uh, again, you know, 
he doesn't see the the top uh, minutes with the number one unit here. Uh, that obviously falls to Kale McCarr, but still gets plenty of opportunities. He's on a six-goal slump, but he's got three assists over that stretch, 11 shots on goal, and does play with the second unit for them. My utility guy, I'm going to go Brandon Tanev for Seattle. Again, another bit of a punt here so I could spend up at other spots. He's 2,600, um, but you know, again, Seattle could be uh, in line for a big game here, uh, and I think it's worth the risk. Uh, you know, hits are obviously a big part of Tandem's game. Uh, so you'll want to consider that depending on which format that you're playing in that, that we talk about here. Finally, in between the nets, I'm going to go with what I think is probably the safest bet tonight. Linus Olmark for Boston, 8,100. You could go higher up. You could pay up for uh, the Florida netminder. Um, but I think the appeal for Olmark here is that this projects to be a low scoring game. So even if he doesn't win, I wouldn't expect him to give up a lot of goals, um, but I, I do think Boston will get back and in, into their winning ways as they have all season long. So I don't mind going a little bit higher than some of the players on the board tonight, but I think overall um, he's not as expensive as the top options. And I'm AJ, I'm going to counter with a very different looking lineup than you, but I tip my hand, as I said earlier today, with the Florida offense against Montreal. That's the first place I look in these days when Montreal is playing the way that they are. I want to know who's facing them and where the value is. And I see it on the first line in Florida right across the board. So that's a key to my lineup this evening, starting with Alexander Barkov at $7,900. I find that among the top top scoring big name options out there, he makes the most sense for me. And the fact that he comes in at sub 8,000 is just an absolute bonus. I pair him with Matt Duchesne for Nashville. They get the favorable matchup against Chicago and their top center only costing $6,100. Sign me up for that every time. If I can get any number one center against the Hawks for that price tag, I'm jumping all over it, no matter whether they just become off of a beating of the Bruins of late or not. Then I'm touching on the the game that you'll be most focused on, and that is the Rangers versus the Penguins. But sadly for you, I'm taking a couple of Rangers in my lineup tonight, thinking that they could deliver a real knockout blow to the Pens' playoff hopes. So it's a big one, and uh, I'm on the wrong side of it from where you're concerned. Picking again a guy who's been a dynamic part of their offense, $7,200 the price tag there. Uh, Continuing my, my Florida staff, Anthony Duclair, Scoring with some more regularity that he had earlier in the season accounts for the low price tag of $6,100. Getting that first line assignment against Montreal again, that low price tag, too much to, to, for me to avoid. Uh, on the blue line, again, another Ranger makes the, the grade for me, $4,600. I went a little cheaper on the blue line to fit in some of these higher price players. So I'm looking at first line players on the back end for a couple of clubs that come in a lot cheaper. And one of them is Calendary Miller, a stat sheet filler, as I implied earlier on. And I count on a physical game against Pittsburgh and get in the way of some shots too. So the value is not just in goals and assists there. Ditto for Noah Hannafin. You tipped me off that another player that I was considering was not going to be in as favorable situation. I had Neil Pionk in the lineup considering Josh Morrissey's injury status, but we you've alerted me to the fact that Morrissey will play. So I'm going to pivot and take Hannafin from Calgary, top pairing defenseman, $5,100 there versus Dallas, a tough game, but I think Calgary really needs this one. And, and you can bet uh, that one of their signature players on the blue line will do what he can to fill his stats across the board as well in, in, in uh, hopes that that helps Calgary win. 
Then in terms of a couple of additional forwards, AJ, you touched on one guy that I have uh, my eye on as a real good sneaky value play, Ito Lusterainen, a left winger on the top line, completing that Florida stack offensively. $5,200 for a guy who is playing very well of late, scoring regularly, and gets that tasty matchup at Montreal tonight. The other player that I'm looking at is uh, Anthony Beauvillier from Calgary. He's from Vancouver. He's loving life uh, on the Canadian West Coast since being dealt from the Islanders. He's produced uh, regularly offensively significantly as well. I'm surprised his price tag, only $4,800 playing right wing on the top line next to uh, Elias Pettersson, who's having an outstanding season in Vancouver, and they got the nice matchup against Arizona. That factors into my decision as well. And uh, then finally, I went hunting for a goalie that I hope will get me a win tonight, and I landed on Igor Shosturkin. It's hard to avoid the uh, one of the top goalies in hockey when he comes in at $8,000 or less, regardless of the matchup. And I think this is going to be a game that's going to be a, high, a low-scoring one in any case. So the goal's against me low, and that should go a long way to producing a nice game total for him if he gets the win. That's a big bonus for me. So that's our lineup. Terrible lineup, Paul. Terrible what? lineup. You ruined it all at the end. <laughs> the terrible choice in goalie. <laughs> well, I picked three Rangers, so it wasn't just the goalie. AJ. So <laughs> that, that that could sewer me if the Penguins do rise up, as you certainly hope that they will. Uh, in terms of final thoughts, AJ, you know, the, the lesson that I want to leave our listeners today, and you can echo your comments or pivot to a different direction, is your fantasy season isn't over after the trade deadline, regardless of where you are in the standings. We tried to highlight there's ample room and ample number of players that can help you down the stretch this season and certainly looking ahead to next. And don't be afraid to consider if you have the luxury of an LTIR space, committing it to a player who missed a big chunk of the season and is currently listed there because next year is a new season. And that's what a lot of our bullies who aren't in contention are looking forward to already. So get the jump on them and keep, keep an eye in that area. Any thoughts? Well, I'm going to, I am going to pivot Paul to a topic that uh, I was a little frustrated by uh, that they did not let Mark Andre Fleury and Jordan Bennington square off uh, last night. Uh, I've seen plenty of tweets on it talking about uh, good versus evil, the most likable player in the league versus somebody who had, I know you've got connections to Bennington, but uh, took some cheap shots in that game. He's going to hear from the league about it today, uh, having a hearing for for roughing on, on Hartman there. So I think they should have let these guys go. Flurry skated down there, was ready to drop the gloves. It's something he said he wants to do at one point in his career. He always has not going to be a lot of opportunities left. So I'm pretty disappointed that the linesman there didn't let those two guys square off and, uh, you know, let uh, everybody see what, what we all wanted to see. I, I've seen everybody from, uh, you know, just people like me, everyday people, to even the great Ric Flair was uh, there and wanted to see these guys drop the gloves. So pretty disappointed in the league and those linesmen that we didn't see a goalie kerfuffle last night. I echo that sentiment. Can you imagine Rick Flair jumping over the boards and putting one of them in a figure four leg lock? That would have been just <laughs> awesome. I mean, stuff to contemplate and uh, imagine the eyeballs on that situation. First for the fight and maybe for a uh, Rick Flair cameo. It would be a bit of an outstanding. But uh, thanks for that injection of kind of humor. I love that. And I did see the highlights. Would have loved to have seen that. Your assessment of good versus evil. You might 
not find a better way to define it with the two players that you mentioned. So an interesting way to leave it for today's show. We want to remind you, we thank you, first of all, for listening to Roadwire's podcast with Statsman and AJ. And as always, remind you that we're here to help you with all things relating to your enjoyment of fantasy hockey. So we encourage you to send your comments or questions on Twitter, where you can also follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow AJ at HH Scholes through four. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.